This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much uh, for joining the award-winning to Hollenbach podcast, uh, doubling as to Katarinbach uh, for the World Cup month, uh, sponsored by Six Yards Out and Pearson's Bar. And before uh, we do anything else, Ant, you've got some exciting news about um, an opportunity you can get if you go to Pearson's Bar in Hull. Yes. Uh, so obviously, uh, Jimmy Chu um, runs Pearson's Bar, and he's let me know um, to let you guys know that during the World Cup, Every time you go to Pearson's Bar and watch a World Cup game, um, that is essentially an entry into a competition to win prizes, which will be tickets to and travel to um, England games. So the more games you watch at Pearson's, the more entries you get, which essentially means a bigger chance of winning said tickets and travel. So someone will come around, obviously take your number every time you're, you're there kind of thing, and that'll class as your entry. So get yourselves down to Pearson's during the World Cup and you might be watching England live. Mm. Oh, awesome. And speaking of prizes... Of course, we are now an award-winning uh, podcast. Um, Anton, Will, you went to the Football Content Awards ceremony uh, last night uh, for the 2022 awards. Uh, and we're delighted to announce that we won third uh, prize in our uh, position, a uh, bronze medal. So tell us a little bit about the evening. It was, it, you know, it was one of them weird things because like, we, we, we just kept saying to everybody that it's one of those things that we were just happy to be there obviously this was our first ever um nomination and appearance at, at something like that and, and to be surrounded by you know club co- uh, content creators podcasts and, and and influencers you know everything to do with sport that have got like millions of followers and, and huge fan bases that have been established for years and being in amongst that is like genuinely is, is to be competing and not only that, but come away with award as well. It's it's crazy because if you think the only two podcasts that we lost out to were Under the Cosh and Hard Truth, which are two absolutely mm-hmm. massive podcasts. Um, and they're not really, you know, affiliated to a specific club. So they're more like, you know, Football League in general. So if you take those two out of the equation, we were essentially the highest ranked EFL club podcast, uh, which when you think about it, it's a bit crazy when you, you know, think about the, you know, of a podcast like Borough Breakdown and that that it was up against. But Free Bear met a few... Um, uh, the icons are obviously like Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV. Dino went up on the stage and spoke about mental health and things like that. It was yeah, it was a really, really, really good evening. And um, Will, especially, I think, um, enjoyed the free beer, didn't you? Will? I am knackered. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's something Short and sweet it's, comment there. Yeah, I think it's something that obviously next year, now that we know like the whole process behind it and what the evening's like and and what to expect, you know, we can. It's something we can aim to do every single year, which obviously um, requires us to to give, obviously, our viewers the kind of content that they want to see to vote for us to do that. 
So if anything, it's going to act as a motivator for us to continue to doing what we're doing. And hopefully all of us can go next year and make it a big team thing. Cause you know, there were, there were a few people there that, that went in, you know, big teams. I think Hair Game 2 had about seven or eight people there as well. So it'd be nice to have the full team there next time and, and hopefully we get to go next year. It's really good. Yes. I mean, hopefully we can make a, a big thing of it, but just to be there and get an award this year is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I just want to take a moment to be soppy and uh, thank you for the opportunity that you gave me by um, offering me a you know position on this uh, show um, you know, the first episode I did was about the Euros, so it feels like a appropriate um, sort of time to to do this after the ceremony last night. So, yeah, and I love it. I think we we should be proud of us uh, for you know making what we have. And uh, thanks to everyone who voted and and is listening. So, um, is that enough soppiness? Shall we get on with the football now? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, of course, we are talking about the World Cup, but. There was one whole match which we haven't covered yet. Um, a very no, disappointing home defeat. Well, yeah, I, I'm not going to talk about it very much. And I don't think there's much to say. Hull, uh, it was Hull 1, Reading 2. Uh, I, I went to the game and I enjoyed it pretty much until the 94th minute where conceded another terrible uh, set-piece goal. Um, I, I don't know who scored the own goal. Um, I, I, I can't say I, I've looked at that. Um, but whoever it was, I'm sure, you know, feels really bad about it. And, you know, it wasn't their fault. Uh, so, I mean, I think I think we played relatively well, um, especially second half. We had a lot of the ball, but we didn't really do much with it. Um, uh, Tom, what were your thoughts about Rossini's um, first home game in charge of City? Obviously, there was positives to go to come from that, but I think the inexperience sort of shone through in the end um, in terms of how we approached the game towards the end. I guess maybe the wrong substitutions and. Ultimately, it, again, it was defensive errors that cost us. Um, and that's obviously been a theme throughout the full season. Our poor defence and Rossini obviously has a job on his hands to uh, sort of turn that around. But I think, you know, if he, you know he's, he's got the ability to sort of galvanise his team. But I think, you know, if, you, if you'd have said Rossini's first three games in charge would have taken one win, a draw and a loss, you'd have probably taken that, to be honest. Yeah. Are we um, not going to mention the apocalyptically shit refereeing? Oh, it was. Yeah. It was awful, awful yeah. wasn't it? Yes. And perhaps not the, the reason why we lost yeah. the game, um, because really, you know, we could have scored more goals. But uh, yeah, rubbish. And the standard of officiating has been fairly dreadful. And it's usually quite good internationally. It's just in England, it's awful. So hopefully for the World Cup, we won't have any howlers to talk about, even though they are fun when it doesn't happen to your well, team. Well, you've jinxed it now. I have, haven't I? Um, I guess one positive um, even though we're rubbish at defending set pieces, we're scoring more. Uh, Jacob Greaves got his first goal um, at home. Uh, and is that good? Yeah, because I think that's the one area of Jacob Greaves' game that he's, he's, he's not had um, the best of luck with in his Hull City career. Um, you know, he's been phenomenal for us in a defensive sense. And obviously in League One, he had a few name misses and he had um, McGuinness stole one of his goals, didn't he? And he, he just seemed like he'd never score. And then, Hopefully now that obviously he got his first goal um, away, and then now he's got his first one at home as well. So hopefully, like the the, the floodgates have opened in that sense. But we need people like Greaves um, to be contributing these kind of goals because from set pieces, in both senses, we've been woeful. Like we don't score enough since the League One season. We've been dreadful at set pieces. Um, people like Greaves and and Fix and Jones need to be stepping up and, and you know getting on the end of some of these crosses because I, I know. Most of our corners are pretty poor and don't beat the first man. But every now and again, we get one right there in the mixer that, that you know, could be in the back of the net. And someone gets on the end of it, but it's always a near miss. So it's nice to see some of them start to go in because set-piece goals can be the difference between, you know, finishing in the bottom three or finishing in mid-table. It, it gets you those extra points, doesn't it? And it's definitely a, an area that looks like now it's starting to pick up. And hopefully with this month break, um, it's something we can work on in a bit more uh, detail. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And... Uh... Well, um, as Ant just mentioned there, we've got a month off. We've mentioned it before on the podcast that it'll, it'll be important to have a month off for this team to to build some confidence, especially with a new manager. Um, just how important will that month be and what should fo- uh, City focus on doing during this month off? Um, yeah, it'll be a massive month off because it gives the team a chance to get a bit of a rest. Um, it allows them to... Yeah, but the main thing about it, I think, is the fact that when we come back from the break, we'll have a lot of players back who've been injured, who were integral early on in like Tete and we'll have obviously Salah, Salah, uh, Salah. we'll have mm-hmm. Aliar 
back as well. And uh, we might finally see a Dharma Triori as well at some point hmm. after the break. Um, but I think the main thing they need to be focusing on is, well, it's the main thing that we can see from set pieces. They need to be focusing on their routines for set pieces, both attacking and defending, I think. Um, but in general, it'll give Rosie a lot of time to just work with the squad on a you know, sort of day-to-day basis and have to worry about results and just focus on getting his style of football across to him. Yeah, I think it'll be strange for a lot of players as well, given the last, well, almost two seasons now where um, COVID has struck and there's been so many games congested um, next to each other and the Euros in the middle as well for some players. Uh, so it's been a really tough uh you know, however long it has been for players playing so many matches. So it, I think everyone will just appreciate a month uh, or just at least a few weeks um, training together without a match to, um, you know, kind of rest a bit because it has been an intense period. Uh, but as we've mentioned, uh, uh, Tete and Ali are unfortunately got injured. So they're not going to the World Cup for Ghana and Iran. But uh, these are the people going to the World Cup for England. And I'll just get it up on the screen now, because uh, I don't think I've asked any of you about your opinions on the squad. Um, and uh, you, when you saw the England squad announced by Gareth Southgate, 26 players, were you happy or, or displeased with it? I think it's 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 the same with every England squad that's announced. You, you're going to have people, you know, omitted that probably should have gone um, and people going that probably shouldn't. And I think... What frustrates England fans and, and myself included at the minute is that, you know, Southgate, when he first came in, said he was going to come in and pick players based on form. And he kind of picks and chooses when he does that. Um, I mean, like, if you're going off form, you know, Maguire shouldn't be anywhere near the squad. Uh, somebody like Tamori should be in there. Um, if you're going off form, Calvin Phillips shouldn't be in the squad. He's only played one game all season. Um, but you know, he's, he's, it's like I said to Will on the train today. It's, it's, he, he picks players that you know have done well for England, which you know you can understand to to an extent. You know, if they're good for England and they're good for the system, then fair play. But you, you know, that's that's not essentially picking players on form, is it? It's it, it's not doing what you're saying you were going to do. Um, and I think you know players like Tony as well not going, um, showing the form that he is this season. Um, he's on fire. Obviously, the I think that maybe the the FA charge on his betting maybe had a bit of something to do with that, but um, you know he's he's not gone, and it's it's a side I think that's capable of at least getting to the to, to the last stages of the tournament. Whether or not it's good enough to win um, is another question. I think you know we've shown that we've got good tournament mentality the last you know a couple of tournaments. So hopefully this squad that they've, they've all played together before, so. Um, and then the inclusion of Madison is really important because obviously that guy should, needed to go. He was one of those players that absolutely had to be in the squad, uh, and he is. So, you know, let, 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 let's see what they can do and um, hopefully players like Maguire and that can prove us wrong too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Will, who are the players included in the squad that will be perhaps most surprised that they're going and who are the players not picked that uh, you're most disappointed didn't get in? Uh, well, Madison... Because I don't think he ever expected to finally get called up because for God knows how long, well, I can't remember when it was when there was the incident when he got called up, pulled out injured and then appeared in the casino the following day, um, which obviously did not help him with Southgate. And ever since then, Southgate had had a bee in his bonnet about him. But I think he'll, he'll still be surprised he's finally got the call up because just... It's similar to when Grealish before the Euros a couple of years ago where everything Southgate was saying suggested he didn't want him in the squad. And then mm-hmm. the last second he's decided, oh, now we'll take him. It feels like he's he's given into a bit of uh, peer pressure from the media and the fans. Um, but he should be there because if you look at his stats, he's like the best goal contributor by any of the English players. Mm-hmm. All the ones that are there. Um, other ones who might be surprised to be there... I don't think any of them are. I think a lot of them, a lot of them are names you'd expect to be linked with the England setup anyway. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe just because his form has tailed off recently, maybe someone like Eric Dyer, and mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe surprised he's gone, just because of his form tail. Most of those names you'd expect to see in an England squad by Southgate. What about Conor Gallagher though? Because that's the biggest surprise for me. 
he has become a regular call up since he got his first call up mm. to Southgate. He's, he's, but is it maybe because he shouldn't be there, Calvin Phillips, because he's only played one game all season. He shouldn't be there for that reason. You'd think maybe he shouldn't he shouldn't have expected to get the call up. Mm. Yeah, but then Tom, if they didn't pick Phillips, who uh, did had a fantastic Euros last year, who who would have you picked? Uh, who would you have picked instead? The thing is, it's hard because we don't have a lot of players that can anchor the, you know, in front of the defence. We have a lot that can anchor the midfield. And, you know, Philip shook up a good partnership with Declan Rice in that Euros. Um, and I think Gareth has gone off that in terms of who he's chosen in that spot. I think James Ward Prowse could have felt hard done by to miss out. But I think we have enough of them sort of creative ball playing midfielders in the squad to, to not warrant taking him. Um, mm-hmm. Conor Gallagher was one of them sort of wild wild card picks that I was surprised to see, but he's he's chosen him on on the basis of he's across the midfield, so he could play sort of in behind the forward, sort of box to box, and sort of, you know sort of in front of the fence where he's been playing for Chelsea recently. So it's it's hard to say who who you'd replace Phillips with because there's not a, a whole lot of options, and that's the reason why ultimately Phillips has been taken. But it's, it's they get that element of trust that Southgate has with Phillips that, that the reason why is 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 gone. But yeah, mm-hmm. well, I suppose he is a versatile player. But I certainly would have taken Ward Prowse. I think he can never have too many free kick takers. And, and and you know, free kicks uh, scoring from set pieces has been really positive for us. And I think you know, I, I trust him as a more experienced player, um, perhaps in better form than Gallagher. But um, and and perhaps could play defensive midfielder. Um, if we're not sure about Phillips' is, um, fitness and then if Rice uh, was suspended or injured. Um, but what do we generally feel about the squad and Southgate's uh, you know, policy on picking players in form? Because I think throughout this tournament, uh, I'm probably going to be defending Southgate a lot unless we lose to Iran on Monday, um, because I think he's done a fantastic job. And it's a lot of, I think, unfair criticism. Perhaps he could be more attacking, but he's picked Wilson, who's in form, uh, and you know that sort of thing. And Madison, perhaps he was pressured by the media, especially to take Madison, but he still did it. He didn't have to, but he did it. Um, and I think picking players who have done very well for England in the past, at the t- two previous fantastic tournaments, we must say, results-wise, getting to a semi-final and a final, no other team in Europe has done better over those last two tournaments than we have combined. Um, so I think picking players out of form but are very solid in an England shirt, especially uh, Maguire, I think I, I, I can see why he's done that, uh, especially with how a lot of players in that position are out of form. So, um, and, you know, am I talking a whole load of nonsense? Well, no, everyone's going to have a different view on it, aren't they? It, so is know, that a yes? Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the fence. Uh, mm. No, if, well, for me, like... If I'm a defender like uh, Tamori, for example, that's that's in form and has played well, has won titles, whatever you know, he's in he's in the team regularly, playing it every week. And then you've got somebody like Harry Maguire, who for the best part of two years has been dreadful at club level, um, mm. and he was quite poor in the last couple of England games he played too. You know, he yeah. had a really stinker yeah. against Germany as Al- well. Alex agrees. Uh, Tamori should have gone ahead of Maguire. Yeah. Would you agree with well, that? If, if, the, the way the way you've got to look at it is is that you know Tamori's played out of his skin trying to get into the England squad, and Maguire's not even starting for Man United at the minute, and he's mm-hmm. gone. So you're thinking, you know, what am I meant to do to get into the team? Um, because it's, you have to not you're not getting in there on you know like on merit because you know if you're going in the squad on merit, Maguire's not going, is he? But <laughs> it, it's it's a tough one because like you say, he's he's rarely put a foot wrong for England. You know, the last couple of games has been poor, but. Before that, he's been you know phenomenal, and we probably play a system that suits Maguire a bit more, and and, and things like that, and get the best out of him. But you, you, it's just the whole you know what what do you do mentality wise to the players that are playing well and, and aren't getting in the squad because you can imagine how frustrating that is. And obviously, if they've got a good character about them, they'll use it as motivation because obviously you know if you didn't get in this squad, then I'm going to try harder and get into the next one. But it, you know it's it's going to damage your confidence wise for a little bit in it because you're thinking you know you're playing out your skin but I've not gone so so what did I do wrong and it's 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 always a tough one I think this is why they say the England job's the impossible job isn't it because mm-hmm. you know you've got to try and uh, figure out a squad that you know p- appeals to everybody but you know this this squad to me this this tournament it just feels a little 
I don't know. The last two tournaments we went into it, I think we the whole nation was together and excited. And I just think the the truly woeful form that England have shown um, mm-hmm. leading up to this tournament, um, as well as the inclusion of players that aren't playing so well at club level as well, has just led to this. Um, you know, the, the, I think it's there's a different feeling a going into this tournament. There's a yeah. rift, I think, between the fan base and the, the England squad. We went into the Euros last year with a very young team. I mean, even the World Cup in 2018, that was a lot of the players from that World Cup team aren't in the squad no more. But we've seen the likes of Saka, Phil Ford and uh, Jude Bellingham all break through, to name a few players. And <clears throat> these players this season, Phil Ford and uh, Kai Saka, Bellingham, they've been in the form of their lives this season. So we should yeah. be going into this tournament with these great young players, excited about the prospects of us finishing you know, you know, high in this tournament. We should be going far. But the fact Southgate... You know, we've we've gone into like you've said, and we've gone into this tournament. You know, very poor form. Um, so it's a tainted sort of World Cup itself with where it's held and the sort of controversy that's come with that. So I think that sort of played into our sort of reasoning why we are that optimistic as we were in previous years, especially with the Euros last year, getting to the final. I see ourselves not even getting past. Uh, it's maybe quarterfinals we reach, and then we'll struggle because mm-hmm. you know if you look at the the potential draw that we could get, we could get France in the quarterfinals. And do I see us beating France? I think another thing is it as well. I think a lot of people have lost faith in Southgate's um, ability to get the best out of the the plethora of attacking talent that the England squad have. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we should be going into major tournaments with these kind of players thinking we've got a real chance of winning this. You know, we've got one of the best number nines in the world in Harry Kane. We've got players like Phil Foden and, and Bakayi uh, Saka that, 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 you know, do... I, 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 think the pl- I think the players do go in, are going into the tournament with that mentality. It's the fans who aren't. Mm. But, but, has, but you see, the thing is, is that I think back to, you know, you see how, how well Phil Foden does for Man City. I don't think we've seen Phil Foden really play well for England. I can't remember one game where he played and thought, you know what, you know, he was classed today. I think Foden, we've, we've not managed to see the best of in an England shirt. And I don't know if it's because... Of obviously, Man City is going to have a lot more of the ball and be able to attack a lot more. Of course, he is, but you know, a player of his talent should be able to still be just as effective, uh, you know, on the international stage and probably should be. And uh, you know, the amount of goals that we should score, um, we, we, and we probably don't. And I think that's where the frustration lies is that we've got such um, potential to be a team that blows, you know, other nations out the water, but I don't think people have the confidence that we're going to do that. He always includes, you know, we'll play five at the back with a double pivot. You know, this is this is the main issue I think with the squad. It's not the players he's picking; it's the it's the formation and the style of play that he decides to choose. Or lack of style. He he he's essentially admitting by the way he plays that he has no faith in the defense because he wants to play two defensive midfields in front of them instead of just going for it and just doing the well. The, the, with the attack we have, we should be going for a f- idea of we'll score more goals than you, rather than we'll stop you from concede, scoring goals against us. Because by the time we, because it's like when watching Old City, the moment that we concede with England, the team just loses their heads. Mm. I'll put my defend Southgate at all costs hat back on, and I think some of the reasons why I'm disagreeing with this is that of the nature of the, the build-up to this tournament. Unlike at the Euros or any other World Cup where you have about four weeks before the World Cup um, to play a few friendlies and to uh, build up that tactical system. Regarding why he's picked players who have played for England before and why we play a a defensive system is that uh, there isn't really any time. You're going straight from England on the plane, uh, a few training sessions and then you're playing the first match. Um, after you know just the second day of the World Cup, so I don't think there's time to uh, teach these players the system um, or, or teach how you know tell them how to play for England. And but this thing not played before, he, he should have been teaching this system for ages already. He well, should, yeah. We shouldn't um, be going. He should have been doing yeah. this years ago. Madison and Tamori should have been in England squads more significantly, oh. more prominently in the last few years really that, that's there's a, couple, the reason there's a couple of others who I think missed out as well like Dan Byrne at Newcastle would have been a good shout yeah. as well to be but in the squad he's not played so you'd have you, you want to trust the players who've done it and then I think we do want to see England score a lot of goals but 
it's tournament football. It worked at the Euros. We scored two goals in the group stage, and uh, we weren't at our best. Hopefully, we were, be- uh, you know, more fluid in this group stage. But it's tournament football. If you don't concede any goals, you will win the tournament with the forward players we've got because we do score enough goals. And against Ukraine, we scored four. It did get a little bit better um, towards the end of that tournament, and Kane started scoring. But there's again, there's not enough time to teach these players who have just come in uh, two systems: five at the back and, and like a four at the back with uh, more attacking players for the group. I think it would make sense to stay solid with a back five in the group stage because those they're not training games, but you want to make sure you get through those. Uh, score maybe one or two goals per game and then you'll you have that confidence in the system to play bigger teams when you get further into this tournament especially as i don't think our see, players... I, see, that's where i disagree with you though because i think okay. this group stage we're perfect to top this group. you look at this group and obviously on the, the, the playing nations like wales and iran and the usa is always on paper rich. not strong yeah. really. on paper we should blow all three of those teams away and win the group easily. Obviously, England usually do things the hard way. Um, we have to sort of live a double life for that with City and England. But hmm. um, the, the I, I would go an, a, attacking in the group stages to get as many goals as possible, top that group and get your confidence up of all your attacking mm-hmm. players so that when you go into the more difficult games, you can maybe then start tweaking and playing a bit more of a rigid system to defend, but also have your attacking players on on their best game so that you know if we get a chance that comes by they're going to put it away um if, if if you look i mean for me if you've got five at the back and then you're playing two sitting sitting midfielders that's just it, it blows my mind that you can do that with this squad for me you only need rice sitting i don't know why we need two you can put rice there protecting the uh the back four and then you want your your full backs to attack and then if needs be you can drop rice into it make it a back three whilst you're your fullbacks have pushed on. My so argument then you, is that, you, that, like, with Rice, I think that for West Ham, he doesn't really play in a sitting role, like, on his own. I think he plays more fe- He plays more advanced, like, getting forward. Like box, get box, forward. Yeah, and that's the box. problem with like England. Like we don't have that. Say, if, we had, if England had a Rodri, that would be perfect. Someone that just sits in front of the defence, mm-hmm. gets the ball, and sort of plays it forward. I think that's the sort of simple play we need in there. Um, and I think it, it's difficult to sort of pin where players can play in our system because you look at Phil Ferdinand for Man City he plays from the left left wing but I don't think for England he's ever really played on the left people think oh, he should play an attacking midfielder but for Man City he plays on the wing I think it, you know if Southgate, Southgate has to get the sort of players in the right positions in the in the, I'd play 4-2-3-1 personally I think I think that would be the best that's, that's the best system for this squad mm-hmm. um, because you could you could start Madison and behind Kane if he was going to start Madison and um, someone yeah, or Mount, and then you could start third on the left, Sack on the right, Kane up front, and then you could have Bellingham and Rice next to each other. I think that's the perfect sort of that complements each other well. It's a perfect blend of sort of protecting the defense and sort of having this, you know, great attacking quartet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see us play attacking against these sides because I do think we could score some goals, but the confidence in the team and the defense is low. We conceded four against Hungary, I think. It's not exciting, but it's tournament football. We didn't concede any goals from open play um, at the Euros. That's why we got so far. I think it's the most sensible uh, way. And statistically, you know, if you're playing the the uh, you know percentages, this is the way you get through. And I think that's what that is what Southgate is doing. But perhaps for for the group stage, it's perhaps not a, a, as big a deal against. I do think as well in these knockout I do, games. I do think as well that. You know, you you think of top nations like England, France, Spain, um, Portugal. They're expected to walk the groups, and mm. it never happens like that. There's always shocks mm. in the tournament. You know, these you play teams like Iran, USA. They go out there to with the nation behind them to pull off an upset. Yeah. So they're going to do everything they can to win. It's like when teams go to Man City in the Premier League, and you know they, they pull off a shock. I think it's sort of a similar thing. They'll, they'll sit back behind the ball. They make it hard for you to break down, and that's what we found in the last uh, World Cup. When we played against Tunisia, it took us till what the 90th minute to break them down. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane scored that winner, and that sort of gives us the confidence for the rest of the tournament to go on, push on, and sort of, you know, um, you know, start scoring goals. I think the first game, I do think it'll be quite tepid. It'll be, it'll be quite a low-scoring game. You know, credit, I know, if we score like four goals, and I'm obviously going to be wrong, but um, I do think that the first game is when you get your feelers out there for the rest of the tournament. So I think it's important we start well, but. 
like you said there, I think it's important that we just go into that game, hopefully don't concede, come out of like a one or two nil win and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, you've sort of not jumped ahead, but you've said what your uh, some of your yeah. lineup would be. Or well, do you want to just finish that eleven, and then we'll go around and say what our eleven would be for the first match on Monday? So I think Pickford and goal. I think mm-hmm. you know, given what he's done for the past yeah. few years for England, he's, he's Alex Alex is going to interrupt and say that he thinks Nick Pope should start over Pickford. I think that's utterly ridiculous. I mean, the last time Pope played for England, he fumbled the ball in the last few minutes and we, we drew the game. So I think you've got to have Pickford, you know. Yeah. When you go to Euro, final, Euro yeah. final penalty saver, Jordan Pickford, you've got to have him. Yeah, you've, you've got to start someone that's tried and tested in that position. He's been consistent for England over the years. So I have to start them. Um, at the back, I, to be fair, I'd like to start Stearns and White, but I just know it's going to be Stearns and Maguire at the back. Mm-hmm. Um Sure, eleven, Tom. Yeah, my eleven. I'd start Stones and White. Um, for how good of White's been for Arsenal this season. I know he's been playing right back, but he slots into centre back nicely. He's great on the ball. He's a ball player centre back that we want to play. Um, and then left back is an interesting one because you could put uh, Trippier over there, um, and play him. You know where he's played recent recently for England, or you know in the run up to the Euros last time, or you could play Shaw. Um. And I'd probably start Shaw and then Trippy on the right side. And then, yeah, obviously the rest of the team, I've said. Yeah. What about you, Ant? Uh, me and we'll talk about this. Me and we'll, I'd love to do that. Um, me and we'll talk about it on the train. Um, I, I would actually start Ramsdale in goal. And I know he's not got much in oh, international experience. I, I'm this close to kicking you off the pod. No, 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 no. Because Nick Pope this is doesn't be have, good. Yeah, Nick Pope doesn't have the 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 minerals to do the, the playing out from the back that, that Southgate wants to do. He's a good keeper. He's a good shot stopper. He's a tra- traditional keeper, but he doesn't suit the system. Pickford, um, you see, he's been poor for Everton. You see, but Ramsdale this season has improved. You know, Arsenal are the top of the league. They're in form and he's been playing out from the back and he's been learning that under Arteta. For me, I think we'd be silly not to take advantage of his high silly. confidence and high form. Yeah, he's a player in form, playing for a top of the league in the Premier League, and he's progressed every season. He's getting better, so his natural progression now is to play for his country. Because if you, you you can put, see, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against Pickford starting because he's he's always like he's, he's similar to Maguire. He's 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 very passionate, and and you know you're going to get 100 percent from Pickford when he plays for England. Um, but for me. If you're going, you to me, I'm not going to criticize Southgate for not picking his team on form and then pick my team on, you know, and put a keeper in goal that's doing awful this season. Ramsdale's on in form, he's getting better, he's playing out from the back, and he's doing really well. So I can't see why there would be an argument against starting Ramsdale, other than um, he's inexperienced in a national. All think keepers are going to have been there's, there's one argument as well there's that the relationship between the centre backs and the goalkeeper is quite important as well. I know, yes, Tom, in the group, but you stage, can stick Ben White in there. He plays with Ramsdale at club Yeah, level. the thing is, in the group stages, I know you're playing likes of Iran, USA, you, you might not get tested as much, but I think I'd rather start someone that's been experienced for England in goal. I mean, I won't be a person to see Ramsdale. If he started, I don't think it would make a difference to my opinion. But I think if, if you're going into a tournament, you'd want to start someone that's had the experience. And you'd rather start Ramsdale in... You know, before the tournament, you'd rather see him play, see how he does. But I think we already know what he's capable of doing. So it's, it's, yeah, it's one of them. I, you know, I won't be bothered if either him started to be honest. But yeah, yeah. what about it's the tough. defense? It's it's a uh, it's it's. Uh, I would have um, I'd have Cal Walker in right back, Ben White, John Stones, and then I'd have Trippier at left back. Mm. I'd have Bellingham and Rice sitting in front of them. And then I'd have Furlan on the left, Madison in the number 10, Saka on the right, and then Kane up top. Yeah. I think Walker's probably not fit until, I think, the Wales game. Uh, Trent then, because in the group stages, we don't really need him to be defending that much, hopefully. So So when we lose 2-0 to Iran on Monday after starting four at the back with, basically three at the back with Alexander-Arnold, then, you know, (laughs) Ramsdale's fumbled two shots at 30 yards. People will sit here and say that they want a James Ward-Prowse in the team for his set pieces. Why can't you have Trent in the team for his set pieces? Because he's rubbish. He's not rubbish, nah. but he's a liability. Well, in, a, in, the back, in the back four. 
Trippier takes set pieces when he's on the ring, doesn't he? So yeah. We've seen what he's capable of on past the tournament. I'm guessing very violent. Isn't your team? Yeah, but you can. I think I'll go. I go back on that. Yeah, but okay. Will please spare me. Please have a better starting eleven. Time to rally you some more. I'd have Ramsdale in goal as well. I I think you're joking. I'm not. I'd have Ramsdale in goal as well for the same reasons Anne's already said. I should just host this by myself at this rate. Oh dear. Ramsdale you're in a minority now, Nathaniel, so you've lost your upper, you've, you've lost your uh, high ground. Do I not get the veto as host? Where now? Where now will be one? <laughs> I have the award. I get the veto. Ah, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, just move quickly on? Uh, back four, um, back five. Back four, um, I'd have since what because yeah, because Walker's injured, I'd have, I'd have Trippier at right back, I'd have White and Stones in the middle, and I'd have Shaw at left back. Um, and to be honest, it's almost the same as Ant's team. It'd be, I always would want Bellingham and Wright as the team as the midfield duo with Madison in front yeah. of them, Saka and Efford, and the wide men and Kane up front. Yeah, I mean, that does sound exciting. So I'm going to go with uh, Pickford, a back five of Shaw, Stones, Maguire. And I don't even know who else would I play because I'm not really confident in any of them. But wait, I guess. wait, wait, are you, are, you, are you picking the team you want to see or the team that you think South gets? This is, this is the is team it? that uh, I think we won't concede with. If you know, and, and I trust so, Maguire. So this would England be your oh, and you've already no. started with a back five with Maguire in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Essentially, this is what I'm predicting it's going to be. But uh, I mean, I would have played Tamori, um, but he's not there, so I have to I pick Maguire have. instead. I have to pick the former whole player. It is to hold. You're going to pick Maguire, Stones, and White. Uh, I think I think White. I think actually, I'd be happy with the White, and then I'd have Trippier. Because um, I quite like him, and then Rice, Bellingham, uh, Kane up front, of course, um, uh, and then I'm not really sure who I'd play up front because I do like. Uh, I mean, I think Sterling's done well in English, but again, form-wise, he's not been up to scratch. Um, and I think I can only pick a certain amount of players who are sort of out of form. I don't know whether Madison's best position is on the wing. I don't think he'd play anyway. Um, I think Saka. You know, did well at the Euros, especially against Denmark. He, he was had that energy that might break down a team. And we haven't seen the best of Phil Foden, but maybe this is the opportunity to see him. So, you know, that, that I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the lineup. But, you know, I'm boring. So, uh, back five with Maguire and uh, no, uh, no, no, no Madison. No Madison. I, no I, feel like, I feel like Nathaniel completely ignored that comment there that was um, supporting us. Uh, we're not, you're not oh, is this a comment from Alex Lancaster, you mean? Well, I haven't had time to read it. Answer the question. Watch the Bournemouth-Everton highlights and tell me how composed Pickford is, Nathaniel. He sounds composed. He said Pickford is composed. I'm taking that. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, nonsense, really. You, you can't but talk sh- about defenders' confidence in a goalkeeper and then say that they're because th- these players know how the clubs are performing and how these players mm-hmm. are performing. If I'm a centre back and I've got Pickford behind me and I know what kind of form he's in, I'm I'm worried. I'm I'm overthinking my mm-hmm. what I do as a defender because I'm thinking he's 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 not on the ball this season, so I might have to sort of make up for some slack. Whereas my justification for putting Ramsdale in is because he's in form. But especially including somebody like Ben White that's got that understanding at club level. Yes, okay, they've both got an experience at international level. Calvin Phillips had no international experience at the Euros and came away with England Player of the Year. So inexperience means nothing. If they're a good player, they're a good player. They've been picked because they're good enough for England, so they should be playing. Mm. So you pick your yeah. ones on form, and then you've got the most confidence in the players around you because they know what the, you know. They're, they're going into the tournament believing in their own ability and confidence-wise, and then that resonates with the rest of the squad. That's why, to me, you can't include the out-of-form players. You yeah. wouldn't have taken Gaza to Italia 90 if you picked players based on experience. How do you feel about that, Nathaniel? Uh, I wasn't born then. Because I, I always hate the experience argument. It's such a it's such a cop-out. Oh, they've not played for England before. So if what? You're good, good enough. At some point, these none of these players have played for England. They've got to, they've got to start somewhere. Yeah, but no point I don't putting think... in a friendly against San Marino because what experience are they getting? They're playing against. They're fans getting experience of playing for England. 
I think starting them in a World Cup when that's their first experience with an England shirt would be a bad move. A lot of them get experience mm. playing for England through like the under twenty threes and stuff like that. Oh, it's a different so ball got... game though. Yeah. Yeah, but they get experience playing in that setup. Mm, perhaps, perhaps. But then the setup's gonna be the... back five probably, so it should play like that. Anyway. But it shouldn't be a back five. It should saying. be. It, it should be. Well, I, I don't really like picking lineups that I don't think it will be anything like that. Um, you probably noticed over the last year and a bit, I just don't see the point personally. So I, really, that's why it's so conservative. But I think that's the best way statistically to, to get us through the group um, in the top spot. Uh, but shall we move on to some other teams? Uh, although quickly, uh, just... Uh, you know, because I want to move on to some other things and who's going to win. Uh, just one word or, or, or two words. Um, where will England finish at the World Cup? And I'm going to go quarterfinal. Uh, what about you, Ant? Round of 16. Round of 16. Tom? Quarterfinal. Will? Quarterfinal. Yeah. Well, that's kind of I thought depressing. you were confident, Nathaniel. You, a couple of weeks ago, you were saying that's going to determine what's What's changed? Uh, we'll have a look at how the groups might uh, play out. But really, I think it's quarterfinal if we end up with France. But if the World Cup curse strikes again and we're playing Denmark, Mexico or Poland, potentially in the quarterfinal, uh, they're the real, other realistic teams it could be. I think, England, Maybe... I think England lose to Denmark, to be honest. Yeah, perhaps. But we'd have a better chance yeah, than yeah, against yeah. France, perhaps. So yeah. I think it's I probably mean... France quarterfinal. You say that France look like they're going to have their classic World Cup meltdown again, so they probably going to get through the group. Perhaps. Organise the shit, we? Yeah. Anyway, uh, next thing: um, who's going to be the top goal scorer? Who's going to win the golden boot? It was Kane Lionel last Messi. time. Lionel Messi. Messi. Tom, what do you think? Who's going to be the top scorer? Um, I've said Mbappe, but I think he'll light up the tournament. But that also depends on if France, you know, like. Will just said there, France have the meltdown and then probably work, but I think France are going to get far. So I think, yeah, Messi, uh, not Messi, Mbappe. Hmm. You went. Uh, I, I, I really want it to be Messi. I kind of there's a bit of me that if England don't win, I want Messi to win it. But hmm. um, I, I would say Messi. But I also think I think Benzema on the back of um, Ballon d'Or. I think uh, I think he's he's going to have a good tournament. I think. Yeah, it's kind of scary how many good options France have up front with Benzema mm. and, and Mbappe could both be golden boot winner and Griezmann's also very good. Um, even though we're playing a back five against Iran, in my view, I think Kane will score about six penalties and he might get the top scorer again mm. if England get to a, at least a, a semi-final, maybe a quarter-final. Uh, and then who do we think is going to win? I'm imagining by the fact people have said Messi to be top scorer or a French player will be one of them too. I don't think France will be anywhere near personally, but I think Argentina will win it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I predicted I'd that as well. Then or Brazil? I've said, I've said Argentina. If, yeah. oh, have we all said Argentina? That's a bit boring. Considering we're Englishmen, does that make us traitors? I guess, I guess yeah. it does. I guess it does, yeah. But it's likely to be a Brazil-Argentina semi-final, I think. And yeah. I think whoever Ooh, wins spicy. that, but always whoever wins that, shock, win. There's always that yeah. shock. Yeah, I do love spending. See, I think my I'm time. in a minority. I, I I don't fancy Brazil this year. I think I don't I don't know. There's some they don't. From an outside, I, 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 I don't even know a reason. I look I look at Brazil. I don't even know a reason. Like, their squad just looks, but their squad always looks good. Group of individuals, they're a great squad. Look, look at the, they've got the best squad in the tournament on paper for me, but. Um, a group of indi individuals, have we see, as we've seen in the past, don't win your tournament. So it depends if they can blend together and play like how they're capable of playing. And um, you know, well, it could be Neymar. Well, I, don't, Brazil, I think Neymar's got one more World Cup in him, but he's like fair. Brazil, are, Brazil yeah. are typical to have players who are the, just individuals who just the, dominate tournaments, like Ronaldo and Ronaldinho in recent hasn't years. happened in a while. They, but they took Richarlison, so you know, if you got Richarlison, no, he's, he's, he's great for Brazil. He's good for Brazil. And he, you know, he's he hadn't even scored for Tottenham Spurs, this man. season. Yeah, he's got. I think he's got one assist at Spurs, hasn't he? He's got Something two like in that. the Champions League and Sporting, but yeah. I don't know about in the Premier League. I think he's he's, he's no, that he's, player yeah. that's sort of better internationally. He suits and the international game. Richarlison scored seventeen goals for Brazil. He's that South American sort of player that's just. You know, in how many caps? Thirty-eight. 
30, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's good. pretty good. good. And South American qualifying um, is tough. Uh, you, you don't play any San Marinos. The worst teams there are like Peru or Bolivia. Bolivia. Yeah, Bolivia. And they're still fairly solid, Ecuador really. Well, Bolivia's Ecuador. way better. Ecuador Bolivia's way better than Andorra or someone. Argentina, 36 games unbeaten, similar to Italy, if you're hard to beat as they were before say, the Euros. Doesn't, uh, before the Euros, I predicted Italy to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna yeah, stick with Argentina. I predicted the last two World Cup winners, right? I predicted Germany and then um, predicted France as well. So, mm. so right, could be Argentina. Yeah. Right. Well, let's have a look at the uh, groups for the World Cup, and I'm not going to get us to go through and rank uh, our, you know, chances of uh, where we think each team's going to finish or qualify, but. Um, and are there any sort of surprise packages or, or interesting groups that you think will throw up a, a surprise at the World Cup out of those? Um, I think uh, Group H will be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Portugal, um, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. Yeah. Uh, is Son fit? I think he's just had surgery or something, Auntie. I mean, to, to me, that group, Portugal, I just don't think, like, obviously, Ronaldo's not. Well, well documented, obviously, his interview with Pierce Morgan and whatnot. He's not very happy at the minute, is he? And I don't know if the rest of the team are shirking him. I hope the rest of the squad don't pass to him at all. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't feel like Portugal have that unity gun in this tournament. And I don't think he's got the ability to carry them like he usually does. Yeah. That um, unity so... is massively important, isn't it? For yeah. Team? I mean, Portugal have, Portugal have kind of just been sort of, you know, lifted through most games by Ronaldo, haven't they? And if you take him or his goals out of the equation, I, I, I don't think they've got a lot of talented players, but I don't think they've got a lot of, you know, potent goal scorers. Uh, they've got a lot of creativity, but not a lot of goals in them. So I, I think that group would be interesting because Ghana, I think, uh, you know, will fancy themselves um, for, you know, getting through that group. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I you're, think you're... Ghana's uh, an underdog um, sort of a dark horse in the tournament. Yeah. I, I agree. And if, and obviously, if Son comes into the tournament on fire, um, you know he's he's got that ability that Ronaldo would do for Portugal to sort of single-handedly win him games. So you know, if they if they win one game and it, you know Portugal lose their first, for example, it gets I mean, very interesting. And surely Uruguay's winning that group. Yeah, you would you would expect staff. Uruguay to win that group. Um, but I think that's a group that you know points-wise will be quite even, and you know there won't be any real standout mm. side. Uh, Uruguay should be that sure. team, but I just don't. Think I wouldn't be. mind Ghana knocking out Uruguay as a sort of slight revenge for South Africa. Yeah, yeah, Luis Suarez. Uh, I've seen a bit of debate on Twitter about that, and I think a lot of people sort of think Suarez did the right thing because you know Ghana I had a stand, chance I can't to stand it. I can't stand what he did, but if an England player did that, I'd probably love him. Yeah, absolutely. And Ghana did have a chance to score the penalty. It's, it's you know, it's Jan, was it, who who missed the penalty? Uh, they did have a chance to go through and it was, you know, uh, it was just the fact he missed, which made it infamous. I think it's interesting you picked out Group H because, I mean, I haven't really looked at Ghana's squad um, and I've not really thought about the unity in Portugal, but I would have said perhaps along with Group F, considering yeah, the weaker Belgium. teams there, Canada yeah. and Morocco, I think the the two weaker teams and the two better teams in F and H are significantly different. So I would have said F and H are the nails on for Portugal and, and Uruguay, but that's just me. The thing is, um, I think Belgium uh, could be the one that sort of slip up this tournament. Mm-hmm. Seeing the gorgeous generation sort of pass by, they're not winning won anything. And I think you look at the squad now; it's not got the it's, they're not got players in there that are going into the tournament in form. Lukaku is not the player he once was. Um, but they have got sort of emerging talents in there, like Trossard. Um, they've got sort of dig him out. Obviously, they've got the, um, the Kevin De Bruyne, you know, obviously one of the greatest playmakers we've seen in the recent times. So, you know, if you've got De Bruyne in your team, you've got a chance. But I think Belgium could struggle. Um, I, th- I think they would get out of the group, but I don't, I don't see them going far in the tournament. Yeah, they've had the they've had the golden generation pass by, yeah. haven't they? they? Look at the defense. Same, with, shocking, same really. with Croatia in their group as well. Yeah, those they're, are both old years. teams. They're still they're still good teams, but they're I think, past their prime. I think groups F and G, I think, are the most even in terms of standard of of. I think Group G because even Cameroon, are, you know, these the African teams are a bit wild cardy, aren't they? Because they, they, they're Senegal's notoriously bad at defending, one, but they can score goals. Uh, yeah. but obviously Senegal Sen- don't have Mane Senegal's though, a big one. 
Mane's just been ruled out though, Ansi. He's in the squad though, isn't he's he? He's in the squad. But he might not play. Maybe he wouldn't play most of the games or any of the group stage, perhaps. Um, well, yeah, so we've said uh, which, uh, well, I've said which uh, groups are, um, you know, fairly uh, obvious what's going to happen, in my opinion. But is there a group of death, anyone? Because I think yes. our group is perhaps yes, the, the, the toughest. Yeah, I mean, England, of course, were a very, good, say it was a very good team. But I think the, the team closest in terms of rankings yeah. in the world. Iran, USA and Wales are the closest out of any of the, you know, I think three countries in, in any of these groups. I would I say I would agree. anyone could get out of that group. I'd say us and C, maybe. C, yeah, Mexico and Mexico, Poland. Mexico and Poland are decent sides. Well, I, think Poland, I think Poland and Argentina went for the top two. Poland? That that'd be a surprise. Oh. I think Mexico have made round of 16 every World Cup for like, Le- well, at least this. Though. Yeah, it's his yeah, last time to shine. Or you can't just base everything around one player. Can't, but yeah. these 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 talismanic players usually have the abilities to, yeah. you know, well, they, they, they can win well, games. They, well, Poland haven't set the world like with Lewandowski in the squad, really, have they? Though, yeah. the tournaments. No, but you know, you they, they have the ability, I think, to get to the knockouts in that group. Yeah, makes <laughs> good. I, I don't know. I, think, I, I don't I really know what they're. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I don't know. I don't really know about Mexico, to be honest. My basis was just on the fact that Lewandowski plays a ball and I think he could fire them to the knockouts, to be honest. But mm-hmm. Mexico is one of them, you know, sort of teams that you could see, like, sort of, yeah, shocking. Mm-hmm. Out of um, I don't know whether I, I would say them as a, a surprise package, but, I mean, my surprise package for this uh, tournament, I think, would be that Serbia are going to get out of the group. <laughs> I know Cameroon and Switzerland are both good teams and they're yeah. up there with I've Brazil. I've seen a lot of but... people say about Serbia, to be honest. Yeah. Well, they... say, Samuel Eto'o will be fuming with you on that one. Oh, yeah. But they've got uh, Mitrovic, who's in the form of his life in the Premier League, and Vlahovic, who's a Juventus striker. And they've got some other good players. They've got Kostic savage. as well. Yeah, Mengelic, Mengelic, yeah. ex- exactly. I think they've got a very good squad and two really good strikers. I think they could score the goals in the tight games against Switzerland and Cameroon. And I don't know if they've ever got to a knockout stage as Serbia before, but I think they'll get out of the group. And uh, rather than Switzerland, which was the case in the last group in 2018, same with Group D, France, Australia, Denmark is exactly the same as it was um, in Group D of the last World Cup as well. So that's just interesting. Jackson Airman for Australia. Perhaps shame Elder's not going. Uh, it, but... You look at it, it's quite bad when you, 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 Callum Elder's not getting called up for Australia as their left back. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyone else got anything to talk about with these groups and how they're uh, going to um, play out? Qatar will win group here by uh, bribing all the other teams. Mm. Well, just this evening, I saw a tweet that allegedly I don't seven and a half. That's true, even though I tweeted about it. Perhaps it's not true, but seven point four million dollars that uh, Qatar have paid each or seven Ecuador players to lose a game one nil specifically. I, I really don't. I, they couldn't get away with it. It would be so obvious. I, I haven't Qatar... all over that betting scandal. Oh yes, um, in I, I wonder how many times he's put uh, himself to score first in a game or something like that. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows if he's actually bet. On himself on to score. Uh, I, I mentioned it a second ago, but does this is for everyone out? I assume you've seen what Samueletto picked as his World Cup prediction. Uh, no, no, do enlighten us. Yeah, so Cameroon to right. win, didn't he? He has said that the final will be Cameroon versus Morocco. Um, ah, well. Cameroon winning. Um, you've you've got to dare to dream. England will go out in the round of sixteen mm-hmm. to Qatar. I might not be uh, Qatar. I was going to say that might not be far off when you said about Qatar. How's it? Uh, well, yeah. um, I'll just have a look what he's put. He's... Well, we might group, play. He had Senegal and Qatar getting through in first in Group A. He had us and Iran getting through in Group B. Argentina, Poland, France, Tunisia, Germany, Spain, Morocco, Belgium, Cameroon, Brazil, and Portugal and Ghana. Yeah, he's smoking something. For the, for the most, but oh, I just love the idea of Cameroon Morocco mm. final. That would be more entertaining than you know, and, uh, one of the big nations. Senegal, fini- Senegal finishing third as well. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell it's you. Almost you know, like, it's almost like he's an ambassador for African football. It might be. It's like that. It, surely that can't be the reason. I mean, he's a very you know, he's a very good football player. He's, he's obviously got some insight that, that we don't have. 
Um, I don't really think there's much else to mention. I'll just show you the stadium, the Khalifa International Stadium, which is where England will be playing their first match of the World Cup. Uh, I wonder looks... how many slaves died to build that. Well, yes, it does look lovely, though, but uh, obviously, of course, the um, workers' rights in Qatar is, is fairly dreadful. But, you know, it looks nice and it'll be a nice uh, place to go but, for. Well, I don't know whether that's actually true. Um, it's probably somewhere in the middle of those numbers. I think the yeah. official title is like uh, numbers three or something. And then, but the number, even in the article that was published about the, um, is it the 6,500 deaths? The article isn't even saying that's how many people have died uh, working. Um, it's, that's just general deaths in Qatar um, for some sort of figure. But obviously, um, the even even if no one's died, the, the rights that they have is not good enough and the uh, the conditions that they've been working in. But um, that's the stadium uh, England will be playing in and uh, a few days away now. So I think we'll just finish off with our school predictions for England against Iran 1pm on Monday. And are the um, three Lions going to get the first three points of the tournament? I think they are. I think um, if, if Syed Manesh was playing, it would have been 3-1 to Iran with a Syed Manesh hat-trick. Mm. But obviously he's not going, which is good news for England. Um, I, I think we've got to have too much for Iran. It's got to be... I don't think we'll blow them out of the water with a lot of goals because it's Southgate's manager. And, uh, but I think it'll be like a nice, comfortable 2-0. Um, hopefully Kane getting off on the first game so that he can... Because he, he, he's been a bit of a slow burner into these tournaments, hasn't he, Kane? Um, well, he wasn't the last one. He won the World Cup. He was, but at the Euros, definitely. Yeah, yeah. the Euros. It took him to the last stage of the tournament, didn't it, to get going. So I think if he gets his his first quite early on, um, get his confidence up so that we've got him uh, the best version of Kane for the rest of the tournament, then then I'd be happy with that. Two 0 Absolutely. What about you, Will? Four mm. 0 Madison hat trick, perhaps. No. Um... Five nil? No, no, it would be four on Madison Hadrick because Southgate would have picked Madison. Hmm. Um Maguire up top. He'll put Mount won't he to be fair. I think he'll pick Mount over Madison. He'll pick Mount. He will pick Mount, which is stupid because he's had a poor season. But he's one of Southgate's boys. Um yeah. but ignoring that, I think Sterling be... will probably start as well. I'm not they sure. Prob- Perhaps. Yeah, Sterling will probably start even though he's I would not go with not that much for Chelsea. One nil England. Kane penalty. Yeah, perhaps I, I had a dream that England would win two nil and Kane would score two penalties. Uh, what about you, Tom? Yeah, I think one nil to England. I think these first games are always a slow burner. I'm, I'm not expecting us to blow them away, but I won't be surprised if we did that sort of thing. But oh yeah, one nil. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be perhaps our most fluid, attacking, exciting display. Um, of the whole tournament, potentially. So I think nil, we're going to go with a stunning 2-0. I think we might score one goal from open play and then maybe a set-piece or penalty. And uh, it, w- it would be lovely for Kane to, to score during the first match. Um, am I going to get told off for that? No. No? Good. Well, I think we've ended the podcast on a high. Um, no, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we can't end the podcast on a high. Because you've managed to gloss over the fact that Qatar shouldn't be hosting this fucking Oh, thing. yes. Have your rent, Will. There you go. Oh. Why the fuck has well, yes. a country like Qatar been able to... Well, I know why they've been able to do it. They've just given Seth, they gave Seth Blatter a load of money in 2010 and said, here, give us a tournament. And then a couple of years later, Seth Blatter and Platini got them for fraud. So, exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, but, and then a couple we of weeks ago, Seth Blatter says, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done it in Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> nice on there. Well, Cheers. yeah, you say it now, you've spent all the fucking money you got, haven't you? How can, See, a, I... how can a country that has such horrendous human rights issues and such oh, like censorship and... LGBT, the hate... Yeah. Altogether, it's uh, are we talking about Qatar or the next one in America? <laughs> Both. That's a political joke. Stop trying to deflect from Qatar. How much money mm. have they given you, Nathaniel? Uh, not enough. I know a few people that have gone out there for, on that scheme where the pay FIFA have been paying fans to go. Um, yeah, and yeah. Can we, can we talk about these these weird videos of like Qatari 
My fans. favorite one of those videos was of the German fans Supports. that were singing in English. He's singing about Gareth Southgate. He's singing about Gareth Southgate, but he's sort of tuning and singing like it's coming home. And it's just yeah, so they're singing it's coming home, and it was totally like the wrong. They, they, it's just... coming home, it's and not football's home. coming home. Just it's coming home. They're not talking about what it is. Ridiculous. It's just, this whole tournament just seems like mad. since the first home. time it was it was announced, it was just it's going into it like, like it's horrible. The, the, no one's no, none of the players think it should have been there. None of the fans think it should have been there. Yet it's yeah. there anyway, and that's, that's why no one's excited about it. It's not to do yeah. with yeah, that's the thing. It's to do with the actual tournament. At so. winter, in the middle of a season, players are, yeah. that, that probably would have gone winter, to the World Cup in the summer. They're injured. It being in winter doesn't bother me. It's just it's not the worst thing. Me. It bothers me. I, I'd it's, it it's where it is that bothers me. Yeah, there's so many reasons why it shouldn't be there. Um, it, sh- it should never have been given it um, in the first place because you know it was um, a corrupt bid. And the bribes, awful workers' rights, awful women's rights. Um, it has to be held in the winter, and the conditions um, of the fan places and um, accommodations not very good. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a whole mess. And then, of course, the LGBT rights are, are terrible, really. So it should not be held there. And uh, lots of people have been discussing it. Um, I mean, was it the, FIFA, the new FIFA president said? We should just focus on the football. That's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, um, I think it's you know it's extremely important that we do talk about this, even though I forgot to. Um, and hopefully, I mean, even it started just even before the World Cup started. Um, a few days ago, it was Danish TV got told they couldn't film somewhere where they obviously probably yeah. have the right Freedom to. Freedom of press doesn't exist in Qatar. There seems uh, to be how this can you host an international sports tournament in a place where there's no freedom of press? There's, yeah. There seems to be this bizarre that there are, there are some people as well like and I had a like an hour long conversation with somebody on on a on a on a comment section on Facebook and they, they were That's they were saying sad, that yeah. you should you should <laughs> you should um, no no because what they said was that going over to Qatar we shouldn't be complaining well, we about their yeah, yeah you should yeah. respect their 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 laws and traditions and whatever and to which I said no yeah that's fine. But when but they should be hosting a tournament, yeah. Mm. But it's not just that. There's a difference between, you know, respecting a drinking age in America and beheading people because they're gay. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there, there's a there's a there's a huge difference. It's a line. Levels. It, it, like it's yeah, it's not the same, is it? And people were trying to say it's the same. They're like you know, if you go to America as an 18 year old English, you, you can't drink. You respect their laws. And it's like, but that's not, that's not, a, not a, a comparison at all. Like it, mm. these are breaching human rights, which the entire planet abides by. That's the whole point of the Human Rights Act was that every human on the planet gets the right to, you yeah. know, love who they Express, want, do what they want, freedom of expression. And they're not doing that. That's not the same at all in in, in that respect. It, 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 it annoyed me. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I've had yeah. a similar argument as well. To be honest, it's just. Yeah. Any culture that uh, is based on discrimination is not a culture, in my opinion. Maybe that's a too, you know, offensive or woke for some people, but I, that's just what I think. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's agree, despicable. Yeah, because people should, should Football's meant to be uni- like a unification sport. The World Cup's meant to be a celebration of the entire world coming together and enjoying the sport that they love and enjoying it, like you know, with with different cultures come in and mix in and when you then host it in a country that doesn't have a culture that allows people to express themselves in that way and have the freedom to do so that goes against what the world cup stands for it's what it's meant to do this this is this is not meant to be going on uh, in the name of football in the name of fifa to me those if you're going to a country that restricts those those rights basic human rights then Football shouldn't be going there because football will loudly speak out against whatever all the yeah. time, but then happily host a tournament there. It's just mad and it doesn't make sense. It's funny the whole we should be talking about politics with football because if that's the case, why did he ban Russia from being at the World Cup? Yeah, because well, yeah, no one had a be problem there. with that. Why are they there? They qualified for it, yeah, or, or could have done, yeah. No, they did yeah. qualify, did they? No, they, they were going to be in the playoff, playoff right? The playoff game against Scotland. They were in the playoffs. playoffs. They were in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, playoff, pretty close. They played against Ukraine, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. But... Mm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. When you look back at who should have been hosting them, I've noticed it in the comments, but Australia should have had this World Cup. 
Yeah, that would have been good. It's never been hosted in in Oceania. Which still likes football and is an, an intolerant nation. And they yeah. already have all the stadiums ready for... Exactly. Uh, well, might need a few more, but you, know, you don't need to go through all this preparation, people losing their lives to close it in a country that no one wants it there, but, you know. That's it's all about money. Yeah. Yeah. All about money. Yeah. Well, anyway, then, hopefully, yeah. yeah, hopefully as England fans, we have a team to be proud of, um, as I think we've had in the last two knockout tournaments that we've had. Um, Nations League wasn't so good, but... You know, it's World Cup. Hopefully, England do well. Um, it's coming home, even though I predicted uh, Argentina. So, thank you, everyone, for it's listening in. Oh, it's coming home, but... oh, it, it's it's going somewhere certainly, um, and the team will definitely be coming home, but hopefully not too early. Um, thank you again for everyone who voted uh, for us in the Football Content Awards. We're very uh, delighted, as we're showing the the beautiful uh, what would you call that certificate or prize or trophy. Uh, well, trophy there you go um yeah so thank you very much again uh we'll be back again soon to talk about the um england iran game and all of the goings on at the world cup talk about so, us losing 2-0 and yeah quite <laughs> possibly he's already over as an to score yeah i'm trying to wrap this up guys uh, stop, stop. Score. oh yeah is he is he from Iran? He, he might be in he the might. squad, though. He's not good enough. No, I don't think he's in the squad. No, he would be in the squad. That would have been funny if suddenly he showed up off the bench and did score. And we'll, then I would have predicted 5-0 win to England. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so thank you again for everyone who's listened and voted. And we'll be back quite soon. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.